Chapter Three of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The First Royal Arctic Expeditions. The discovery of Hudson Bay and its valuable fisheries became famous about the middle of the seventeenth century. The French, who at this time had settlements in North America, were anxious to obtain possession of the ports and harbours on the great inland sea. But before any decided action was taken, Charles II had granted a charter to Prince Rupert and other adventurers to undertake an expedition to Hudson Bay for the discovery of a new passage into the South Sea and for the finding of some trade for furs, minerals and other considerable commodities. This charter, granted in 1669, declared that the king wishing to promote their endeavours for the good of his people, was pleased to confer upon them the exclusive possession, with all the trade thereof, of all the land and territories in and around Hudson Bay. No sooner had the adventurers obtained this charter, and found that, for a trifling cost, they could obtain most valuable furs from the Indians, then they at once gave themselves up to building forts and factories, and, in their desire to amass wealth, paid no further attention to the clause, which at any rate implied that their work was largely one of exploration and discovery. After this, for a considerable period, we hear a good deal about the Hudson Bay Company of Traders, but nothing about the Northwest Passage, which was still unknown. In 1769, just 100 years after the company had received their charter, attention was called to the fact that the geographical discoveries contemplated had never been made, and, afraid of losing the valuable privileges which they possessed, the company undertook to make expeditions into unknown regions. This, however, was done in such a careless and half-hearted way that the failure which followed was a foregone conclusion. Samuel Hearn, the leader chosen by the company, had with him a number of Indians from the Hudson Bay Territory. They accompanied the explorers in the capacity of guides and hunters. These men came across an Eskimo encampment, which they attacked in the night, and, in the most barbarous and cruel manner, put to death about twenty men, women, and children. It is a matter for regret that the agents of the company stood quietly by, without in any way attempting to prevent the massacre. The inhuman conduct of Hearn and his companions brought no punishment on them, but it was the cause of great suffering to Franklin and his men when they afterwards visited that region. The route by the North Pole, which Robert Thorne, merchant of Bristol, had suggested many years before, once more received royal attention, and George the Third was pleased to 
give every encouragement to countenance such an undertaking and every assistance that could contribute to its success two of the stoutest ships in the navy the racehorse and the carcass under the command of captain phipps sailed from the nore in seventeen seventy three on the first royal expedition to the arctic seas there is no doubt that this was fitted out in a much superior manner to any of the previous expeditions the pilots on board the two vessels had already served as captains of greenland ships there was an astronomer in the company and all instruments and appliances were the best that could be obtained the first land they saw consisted of the high barren and black rocks of spitzbergen and having reached the point where the old discoverers had turned back they made a determined effort to work their way among the ice with but little success the weather was exceedingly fine mild and unusually clear there was not a breath of air and everywhere as far as they could see they were surrounded with ice which soon closed in upon them the men amused themselves by playing on the ice but the greenland pilots who had never been so far before were alarmed at the approach of winter soon the ice which had been almost level with the water's edge was forced higher than the main yard of the vessels by the pieces squeezing together on the advice of the pilots the men were set to work to cut a passage and warp the vessel through the small openings hoping in this way to reach the open sea with great labour pieces of ice twelve feet thick were sawn through but the utmost efforts of the sailors did not move the ships more than three hundred yards on board the carcass there was a young midshipman who was appointed to command one of the boats sent out to explore a passage into the open water while so engaged some of the officers fired at and wounded a walrus an animal remarkable for the human-like appearance of its head and the human passions it displays under provocation the wounded animal dived into the water and brought a number of its companions when they all joined in an attack on the boat which contained their assailants the animals succeeded in wresting an oar from one of the men and if they had not been reinforced from the vessels there is no doubt that their boat would have been staved in or upset one night the young midshipman to whom we have already referred set out with one companion to pursue a large white bear which he had seen on the ice a fog came on and when the lads were missed the officers became exceedingly alarmed for their safety several hours afterwards when the fog cleared away the two adventurers were seen at a considerable distance from the ship engaged in conflict with the monarch of the northern seas at once a signal was made for them to return to the vessel one of the lads obeyed 
but it was unheeded by the young midshipman for at that moment his ammunition was expended and his only means of defence was the butt-end of his gun seeing the lad's danger the captain of the ship fired a gun which frightened the beast and caused it to make off the midshipman then returned and was severely reprimanded by the captain first for leaving the ship to hunt the bear without permission and second for not returning immediately the signal was made on being asked for the reason of such conduct the lad replied i wished to kill the bear that i might carry the skin to my father this youth who so fearlessly held his ground in combat with a polar bear afterwards rose to high rank in the royal navy and brilliant fame in history and it may be that part of the success of his after-life could be attributed to the training he had in the arctic seas while yet a midshipman history does not record many stories of the boyhood of lord nelson but this is one worthy of england's greatest sailor unwilling to winter in such an inhospitable region the work of moving the vessels was carried on most vigorously and at the same time all preparations were made to leave the vessels if by any chance they ran aground by keeping both ships and boats in motion a little progress was made so that when a breeze sprang up and all sail was set the vessel succeeded in breaking through and returned to england the voyage of captain phipps added nothing to what was already known of the arctic seas on the contrary it did more harm than good for the impenetrable wall of ice which he reported as existing at the point where he turned back is now known to be open during a part of almost every year captain cook one of the most famous navigators of any age was now chosen to find a passage from the pacific ocean north through bering strait and round the coast of north america into the atlantic this route we must remember is exactly the opposite to that which so many of the early explorers had taken in their search for the northwest passage in short cook was about to attempt to enter the northern seas at the point at which they had sought to leave them and to reach the atlantic at their point of entrance twice before had this brave-hearted sailor successfully made his way round the world he had revealed to his countrymen the existence of a new island continent and was believed to be a man who could carry through any expedition on which he set out some years before a reward of twenty thousand pounds had been offered by parliament to any british ships not being of the royal navy which should succeed in finding a northwest passage by the hudson bay route a change was now made in the terms of this offer to the effect that the reward would be paid to either the king's ships or merchantmen which succeeded in discovering 
any northern passage between the two great oceans in seventeen seventy six the resolution and discovery sailed from plymouth sound and spent a considerable time exploring the south pacific ocean therefore it was not until near the end of seventeen seventy nine that cook entered bering strait he had found the gateway to the northern seas but in spite of all his efforts he could not force an entrance the passage was completely blocked with ice that resisted all his efforts to penetrate returning to the southern seas he called at the sandwich islands where he was killed by the natives while cook was absent on his third and last voyage which occupied over three years the lion a vessel of the royal navy was sent to davis strait to protect the british whale fishery and to obtain information which would be useful to the vessel which the government intended to send out in the following year to meet captain cook who it was confidently believed would discover a passage eastward from the pacific the lion went out again in the following year but the explorers became so bewildered among the icebergs that they soon returned in seventeen eighty nine alexander mackenzie made an overland journey to the shores of the polar sea in this expedition he discovered the great river of canada which bears his name and here ends the story of arctic exploration to the close of the eighteenth century one remarkable thing which all must notice in connection with the early adventurers is the fearless manner in which they conducted their expeditions when the art of navigation was in its infancy the science but little understood the instruments few and imperfect in barks of twenty-five or thirty tons burden ill-constructed ill-found and apparently ill-suited to brave the mountains of ice between which they had to force their way and the dark and dismal storms which beset them End of chapter three